Hey, this is Kenny Price. I'm the host of Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I want to point out, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I want to invite you, be sure and go to the very first podcast in all of the podcasts that I've done, and it will explain to you why I say advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Because clearly there's only one way to advance equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world, and that is through the peace of Christ. But I go into full detail on what I mean. Some perhaps think I'm trying to be new agey or obscure in my talk, but I use that phrase because it's something that everyone, whether you come from a Christian background or not, can relate to. And it's so important in these days that what we communicate, we communicate to the world as they can understand. And all of us can understand the concept of maintaining equilibrium, being able to stand up in a topsy-turvy world. So listen to episode one if you haven't. But this is season 13, episode 271, title Thursdays in December, Guardians of the Universe, phase five. It's going to air in December 29th, a few days after Christmas, and it's really fitting because this is the closure to the Christmas story, but it's something that happened a little after the birth of Jesus Christ. Subtitle, Obedient People Who Secured the Birth of the Christ, the Wise Men. I encourage you to listen to the front half of episode 263 on Zechariah to have a good understanding about the angle of this series. It will make what I'm about to say a little clearer. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. There it says in verses 1, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod. The name King Herod is mentioned here in Matthew and also in the book of Acts, but they're not the same person. This Herod is called Herod the Great. The other Herods to follow are his sons, which held various positions of power in the Roman government. See the show notes for a link about this wicked ruler. All of the Herods were a bunch of wicked, dangerous men. 
We know when this Herod died specifically, so we know that the wise men moved in a predictable way because they arrived while this Herod, Herod the Great, was still alive. He died in 4 BC. It says wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Let me give you some background on these people we call the wise men or the magi. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, and I don't know what version it is. This is a version that comes with my Bible study software called Hermeneutica, but it's a very, very good Bible encyclopedia. It's vast. The birth of our Lord was announced in a supernatural manner, not only to Jews by the angelic message to shepherds, but also to Gentiles. The word which has been rendered wise men in many Bible translations is the Greek word we translate into the word magi. These, according to Herodotus, were originally a tribe of the Medes. You can find that in Herodotus I.101. And from their supposed skill in divination, the term was applied to the learned and priestly caste among the followers of Zoroaster. They were thus, in principle, worshippers of only one god and rejectors of polytheism and idolatry. The people who followed the teachings of Zoroaster did believe in just one God. They were not polytheists, and they were not idolatrous. The simple creed and high morality which Zoroastrianism in its purest form professed were well adapted to prepare its faithful disciples to receive a further revelation. And we may reasonably believe that the wise men who had been thus guided to worship the newborn king of the Jews had been faithful to the light afforded to them, for, as the Bible says, in every nation he that fears him, talking about God, and works righteousness is acceptable to him, Acts 10.35. And friend, the point is, is that some have tried to say that the Magi were actually magicians from the Persian region. That's not true. They were priests of the teacher Zoroaster. They were, po- they were not polytheists, they were monotheists who worshipped God, but they worshipped the God as they knew him, as far as they knew him. But when presented with the truth here in the scripture, they came to worship Jesus as God. CatholicStrainanswers.com has an excellent article on the wise men. I encourage you to check it out. Click on the show notes to read it. These men would have been from Persia, which is modern-day Iraq. Isn't that interesting? In the article, it also chronicles the Old Testament texts that would have been the trigger points for these priests. In other words, if you've ever wondered, well, what were the Zoroastrian priests reading that let them know that all of this was coming to pass and to be expectant of it, what were the passages in the Old Testament? And in the article from CatholicStraightAnswers.com, they have those scriptures. Regarding the wisdom of these priests, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia has a very important article on the orthodox position regarding all of this. And as I said, it is false and inaccurate to assign their success in recognizing the appearing of the orb of light with simple magicians and sorcery. ISBE records the wisdom of the Magi not astrological. It has been conjectured that as the Magians were credited with a great skill in astrology, they may have been able to forecast the birth of our Lord by the rules of their article, in other words, through astrology. But this conjecture must be emphatically rejected. It ascribes to the pseudoscience of astrology a reality to which it has no claim, for it is inconceivable that the planetary configurations can foretell the birth of princes. Even if it were admitted that such could be the case, 
no such event could be taken as indicating one birth for which the world was waiting, unless some direct and explicit revelation from God had been received to that effect. For that birth was necessarily unique, and science can deal only with repeated events. Friends, this is an accurate and profound statement. In science, for something to be considered scientific, it must be repeatable. No astronomical research is now or was at any time competent in itself to supply the indication needed. It was not in virtue of any natural learning that the wise men understood the meaning of the star. And if mere astronomical research was helpless to supply any such power of prediction, still more emphatically must the claim of occult knowledge be disallowed. So far as occult knowledge has any basis in fact at all, it has been simply a euphemistic way of describing the frauds, impostures, and crimes by which debased heathen priesthoods and medicine men have imposed upon the gross superstition of their followers. The very suggestion that by means like these, God's purpose would be made known shows that those who suggest it have not entirely shaken off the influence of heathenism. Notice all that is known to the learned and wise at the time about the birth of the Messiah, things wise men glean clearly from the Old Testament. In verse 2, it says the wise men asked Herod, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. The wise men understood that he would be king of the Jews. They talk about the luminous body that was visible in the sky. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia again addresses the two facts concerning the star. What sort of star it was that led the wise men, how they learned from it that the king of the Jews was born, how it went before them, how it stood over where the young child was, we do not know. We are only told two facts concerning it. First, that its appearance in some way or other did inform the wise men not of the birth of a king of the Jews, but of the king of the Jews for whose coming not only Israel, but more or less consciously the whole civilized world was waiting. Next, that when they had come to Judea in consequence of this information, the star pointed out to them the actual spot where the newborn king was to be found. It went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. It may also be inferred from Matthew 2.10 that in some way or other, the wise men had for a time lost sight of the star, so that the two facts mentioned referred to two separate appearances. The first appearance induced the Magi to leave the east and set out for Judea. The second pointed out to them the place at Bethlehem where the object of their search was to be found. Nothing is told of us respecting the star except its work as a guide. There can be no doubt that the Magi took their journey in obedience to direct revelation from God and since we are told that God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod, so that they departed to their own country another way, it is but reasonable to suppose that their outward journey had been directed in a similar manner. Their mission was to find this king and worship him, to fall upon their knees and touch the ground with their foreheads as an expression of profound reverence. The entire population of Jerusalem did not take kindly to this announcement. In verse 3 it says, When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. The news of the birth of the Messiah struck all the people like a baseball bat to the gut. It struck their spirits with fear and dread. Why the disturbance? A new sheriff is in town. The corruption of the people which was enjoyed by those who profited from it and who were able to flourish under the pagan Roman ruler, the ruling religious body was corrupt and rotten to the bone. Jesus spoke harsh words to them regarding their character. 
that they were a brood of vipers and whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. By the time Jesus arrives in the temple to cleanse it, the court of the Gentiles, which was to be for all the nations, a place to come to God in prayer and worship, had become a retail and commerce center, a putrefied mess right there in the center of what was to be worshipped. Friend, can you see the similarity with our culture today? The entire population had forsaken the right road and had become very comfortable in the mixed-up mess that was Jerusalem and Israel. They didn't want a Savior. They didn't want the world they enjoyed messed with. Their existence under the rule of a tyrannical, narcissistic, evil mass murderer was something they enjoyed. And so even though at times we get discouraged and we say, wow, these are dark times, my friend, it was a very dark time when Jesus was born. And the people who lived in the central city of their faith were terrified and disturbed that Jesus the Messiah was born. In verse 4 it says, So he assembled all the chief priests, talking about Herod, and the scribes of the people, and asked them where the Messiah would be born. It's safe to assume that this prophecy of the coming deliverer, the Messiah, would have been something the occupying tyrannical leader would have stayed connected to, have his radar on, his antenna up. Evidently, the wise men were not in the meeting with the chief priests and scribes because Herod secretly summons them and instructs the wise men to go to Bethlehem to find the Christ child so that he could come and worship. In verse 5, the Pharisees and the scribes respond in Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And then they go on to actually quote the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Think about the Jewish leaders who knew the truth, didn't see it coming, and didn't know it when it occurred. The pagan priests from an enemy country both had a copy of the Hebrew Old Testament text. They could read the language, and they understood the prophecies, and they believed it so much that they referred to the writer of the text as prophet then sat waiting expectantly watching the night sky in anticipation of an orb of light that would appear at the moment he was born to alert them that the prophecy had been fulfilled. In verse 7 it says, Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. Why was the timing of the star important? Why? Because in just a little while he will order the murder of all male children born in the last two years. He would make a wide sweep of calendar births in order to ensure that the threat of the Messiah was eliminated. Being the despot king installed by the Romans, he could do whatever he wanted to with the people in Palestine. All that the central government cared about is that he kept the people suppressed so they could not rise up against the Caesar. Verse 8, it says that he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. The irony here is, is that Herod's laziness and his brute expectation that foreign leaders would carry out his commands obediently set himself up to blunder his ability to murder the Messiah. He could have easily gone with the Magi as a political counsel to quote-unquote welcome this new baby. He was too lazy. He was too narcissistic. In verse 9, after hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. This is the second supernatural manifestation of the tracking beam. It was not only visible, it was mobile. A heavenly tracking device designed to accurately pilot the seeking worshippers. 
The orb was specific. It came to a stop above the place where Jesus was. In verse 11, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. The word child here in the singular form means infant. It took the wise men a length of time to make the journey from Persia to Jerusalem, but the Christ child was still an infant. Joseph is not mentioned here at this meeting. That doesn't mean he wasn't in the picture. It's just that he was not mentioned in this meeting. The family was still in the region of Bethlehem, and the wise men came after the birth night, and by this time the family had moved into a house. The wise men bowed their heads to the foreground in worship of him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God made immediate provision for the support and well-being of the Messiah through the valuable gifts the Magi bestowed on Jesus in honor of his birth and his position as the newborn king. What they understood him to be was worthy of worship. Verse 12 says, And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Here, my friend, we see another visitation through the vehicle of dreams. Friend, what an amazing true story. Think about how God took a team of Gentiles and brought them into the picture as believers of the Scripture, obedient to respond with proper action at the fulfillment of divine biblical prophecy and the multiple manifestations of divine intervention, and willing to go to great lengths in commitment of time and money to give the newborn king the time, talents, and treasure he deserves. Oh, my friend, that we would be like these wise men this Christmas. Deep knowledge of the Bible, a firm belief in the Scripture, quick action on the Scripture, recognition of the supernatural divine manifestations that go on around us every day, taking immediate action in response to what we see and hear, listening to God and not to man. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.